You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Online Course Podcast, the place where course creators go to sell more of their online courses. I'm super excited this week because we have an absolute rock star on the other line, and she's also comes from the same part of the world as me, which is a little bit funny, you know. There's always a lot of uh, I think it's a very uh, international based. Um, space that we're in here with the online courses. So it's always cool to speak to another Aussie. A little bit about this person. Her specialty revolves around how to uh, get paid to build your course in 30 days without Facebook ads. Now, you're probably listening to this thinking one of two things. You may be thinking, that's impossible. You know, how do I do that? Or how does that even work? You're saying sell my course before I build it. That doesn't make any sense. Or you may be on the other side and be like, ah, I've heard that before. You know what? what um, everyone knows that. Well, I've heard that before as well, but I've never heard anyone explain it the way this person here has. So I've heard many different people explain it, but no one as good as this person. So you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Madison Madathanga. Madison, how are you? I'm really well, Jono. How are you? Yes, I am amazing. Did I get that pronunciation right? You're very close. It's Manatunga. It's Sri Lankan. Okay. Yes, it was a tricky one for me. I'm Greek, you know, and I was like, man, (laughs) that one's tricky for me. Yeah. Uh, Madison, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Well, the big focus of my business right now is about building a business that's effortless, but not effort none. I think some people think of effortless, meaning that I don't have to do anything, but it's not the case. It's about being intentional. So that would be my mantra. Yes. Love it. And I'll just give my, my two cents as well. Effortless, uh, not effort none. Cause I didn't understand that when Madison said it, I was like, what the hell is effort none? And then she's like, well, you have to put some effort in. I was like, oh, yes. No, I 100% agree with that. So thank you for that. Now, Madison, we'll get to the juice of this podcast in a second. I'm sure everyone's wondering, how do I, you know, um, uh, actually, let's start with that. Let's, let's get a bit of a, um, an intro to that. And then I want to hear how you got into that. The reason why I quite like your uh, theme is because I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there have been in a situation like this where... They've got an idea for an online course. They've put a lot of effort into thinking about the online course and researching the platform and doing the videos and the PowerPoints and recording it and editing it and putting it together. And it's going to take, I'm not even going to say weeks. It's probably months, right? It's probably it's years. I I was heartbroken to realize how many entrepreneurs I found out had been building for years and never seen a dime for their effort. So, and that breaks my heart. Yes, you know, months or years building that course, you do your launch and you don't sell it and then you give up. So Madison's essentially got the solution to that. So you never, ever, 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 ever have to do that. So Madison, tell me, let's start a little bit about yourself and how'd you get into this space? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long story. I'll try and keep it brief. But basically, so I came from a corporate marketing and events management sales background, transitioned into online business about five years ago. And I kind of ran around the different online business um, 
niches, I suppose. I dabbled in specifically launch management. So I was running people's launches. I was a virtual assistant to begin with. I transitioned into an online business manager. And I, when I worked as a launch manager, I kind of burnt out because I realized I really didn't enjoy the, like the, the client aspect. And so I left that space for a while and ended up building course sites for clients. And I built so many course sites with my husband. And unfortunately, it was the case that all these sites were being built, but none of them were really actually ever seeing an audience or being sold successfully. And then I started to kind of come back around to my launch roots and decided, okay, well, I'm going to help people launch their courses more successfully. And the deeper I dove into it, I realized just how rare it was not only to actually go through the process of a launch because so many people are stuck in the development stage. And it was through my own experience of pre-launching my program that I realized why are we wasting all this time, energy, money into building something and really ultimately perfectionizing it because it comes from this real mindset place. It's really out of until it's perfect, I can't put in something in front of people. So I'm kind of flipping the script on that. Yes. Love that. Okay. Let's expand a little bit on that because one thing I, I like about you is you determine whether this course is going, not one, sorry, there's many things I like about you, but one of the <laughs> things that I, I really like is you're able to determine whether a course is going to sell or not before you've done anything, before you've um, created your sales page, before you've built your email list, before you've opened that PowerPoint, before you've recorded a video, you're able to tell if this course is going to sell. Now, I think that's a good skill to have. Have you got any tips out there for my listeners that are like, man, tell me now so I don't have to wait all this, waste all this time and energy putting this course together. Tell me now, is it going to sell? What can these listeners do to find out? I absolutely have some tips. So I think the most important thing to understand first off is that people buy transformation. They don't buy features. And so many course creators I see are getting hung up on the features of their course. And it can be as simple as it's got to be a perfectly branded slideshow or it's got to be perfectly edited videos. It's got to have a wonderful sales page. It's got to have Facebook ads put behind it. And the, chat, the thing is that we need to test in the beginning is pe do people even want this idea that we're, that we're selling, this transformation that we're proposing? Because we may be the experts and we might have even been working with clients for a long time who did want that transformation, but packaging it and the way that we market it as a course is quite different. It's a different value proposition that we're trying to convey to see if it's actually going to hold water and ultimately earn us sales. And so even if you have a super small audience, and I actually did this for myself with less than 250 people on Instagram, and I made my first four sales, and that's actually perfect because you don't need a lot of people when you follow this method. And so my tips are to really leverage and lean on the audience that you have and stop feeling like you're not big enough. I also had zero email lists. So this is not about an email list. I did this purely by via social media and you can too. Like it's not about size, it's about quality, right? And so what I did was I actually offered my audience the opportunity to jump on a free 30 minute conversation with me where they got an opportunity to actually work with me as a client and get one of their burning questions answered. 
And in exchange, all I asked for was the opportunity to interview them and ask, I have a um, 26 question, I think it's got on it now, questionnaire, that kind of goes through what makes them them? What's their personality? Why did they buy from me? I actually asked the question, why did you buy from me? Even if they never have, because it actually sets the seed to say, oh, because often people are like, ha, 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 I haven't bought from you yet, which is perfect. We want people to say yet, because then it's like the intention is out there. And so once I had interviewed, I think I interviewed 11 people with my, in, in about a 30 day period, and after that, I put my offer out to them with all of that information that I'd gathered. I crafted the marketing around this course that I wanted to create. And I offered it to those 11 people to start off with. And I made four sales. So that's a pretty good close rate on my brand new program. I offered it at half the price that I would intend to sell it in the future. And it was fabulous. I got to have them on the... Um, on live calls and I delivered it live. And that way I was actually able to test not just the marketing, but the content. But I realize I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit here. <laughs> I guess I'm excited. <laughs> yes, let me, um, let me pull it back. Cause you're, yes. you're listening to this and you're probably like, man, this is, this is, if you're as a listener, you're probably like, okay, Madison knows her stuff. I'm overwhelmed already. Let me, um, let me dumb it down. Well, not dumb it down. Let me simplify it for, you know, some people that are, that are starting off in, in the process here. Now, let's even start just with that transformation. I think that's yes. the most important question. Whether What do you do? What problem do you solve? And it's interesting because I speak to a lot of course creators as well myself, and that question can stump a lot of them. So I think if you're listening to this, you should be able to answer that question very clearly. What's the transformation you give? What's the problem you solve? And if you can't do that, it's going to be hard for this course to sell and it's going to be hard to market. And it, and it's, and I'm sure you're the same, Madison. A lot of people, a lot of course creators will probably say, well, hey, my course has this and it's got 10 modules and you get an ebook and you get some live coaching and hey, all that stuff's great. But what's the problem you solve? You know, what's the transformation you're, you're giving? So I think that's the most important point there. And what, and what Madison's essentially doing on this, these interviews that she's doing is essentially getting that question. I know there's 26 of them, um, but that would probably be the main one, right? If you're like, hey, yeah. what is it you want? If I could have a course that could bring you from A to B, what would that A to B be? And then maybe there's some follow-ups. Okay, what would it include? Yada, yada, yada. So that's, that's point number one. Another thing I like about your system, Madison, am I right in that you also ask what, what they would pay for it as well? Absolutely. I think it's super important to source. I mean, I actually, I have a video out on YouTube that speaks to pricing and there's so many different pricing strategies that you can employ. And it's really about finding the middle ground for yourself. Mm. But I think it's really interesting. And I say interesting and not necessarily important to source your pricing from the people who you intend on selling it to. Mm. Part of the reason for that is if they give you a price that's a lot lower than you intend, that means that there's a lot of objections that you need to overcome in your marketing in order to actually sell it at that price. It by no means means that that price is unattainable for you, but you do have to find where your market's at and then help build that need in their minds first. Yes, love it. Now, I watched one of Madison's presentations a couple of days ago and she had a slide which essentially said, hey, if you know these two questions, that's you know, most of your work done, which is essentially what's the transformation that your customers want and how much are they willing to pay for it? If you know those two things there, 
everything just becomes so much easier. And we, we haven't even talked about creating the course yet, right? But even if you just know those two things, you're like, all right, right. This is the transformation that people want. And this is, that this is what they're willing to pay for it. All of a sudden, you're in so much of a better position than you going out and spending months or years creating a course on what you think it's going to be and pricing it on what you think it should, should price. Knowing those two questions there just puts you in a, in a way better position there. So does that sort of summarize that side of it, Madison? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely down to transformation and pricing. And, you know... I did put in my presentation there, it is down to those two questions, but what those interviews help you to understand are more, because the way I teach my students is you actually end up crafting what I call a turnkey transformation statement. Mm. And this is a single sentence that encapsulates everything that your ideal student would need to hear from you. And how I like to um, kind of set it up for people is that you could be at say a meetup when coronavirus is over and we're all back to you know going to events <laughs> you could be at an event like a meetup and if someone was to ask you what do you do you would issue this statement to them and if they're your ideal student they would instantly know that they want to work with you and so what these 26 questions help you to do is to craft that statement by not only understanding who's already in your audience, but it helps you to understand exactly who you want to work with too. Because I think so much, you can't just be creating a course for everyone. You really need to have a good idea of who exactly it is that you're trying to help. And that's part of creating that transformation. Yes. And also who you don't as well, right? You may get some of these Absolutely. interviews and be like, you know what? This is not the sort of person that I, I want him. And nothing against them. I'm not saying they're a bad person. It's just not a fit. You know, they may work differently. They may expect less. You may expect more. Like there's so many different variables there. So that's that part there. And then this is what I really love about this system is that you're essentially, you've interviewed 11 people and you've essentially said, hey, what would be the perfect thing for you right now? And then your, your course is essentially going to be that perfect thing somewhere among that price. So it's, it's sort of like you're not just putting it out there and hoping. You've crafted it and you're selling it to the same people that have told you, hey, this is exactly what I want for this price point. Then a few weeks or months later, you're saying, hey, I've actually got this thing and it covers all of this at this price point. Why would they say no? They're almost a hypocrite. Why? I'm curious. Why didn't those? Why did those seven say no? You know, they're either hypocrites or you know something changed or, or whatever come up. So I love that strategy there. Let's spend a few minutes before we get to the course sign on things. Now, Madison, do you recommend just doing this in your own social media, or are there ways you can go out and you know reach out to other people? Because maybe someone's watching this and they're like, yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't have anyone in that space, or you know, I. I'm starting something new. Does it have to be your own social media or have you got any tips to reach out to other people? I think my two biggest tips would to firstly choose a single social media channel for one. Mm, so yes. choose your largest social channel, but, but even not even necessarily the largest, but the one that you enjoy showing up on the most because you yes. kind of you have to hang out there, right? You really need to put in the time. However, if it is small, one of the ways that I found additional people to interview and to bring into my audience was to go and be really active in Facebook groups mm. that had my ideal student um, in them already. And 
if that's not to say you go in and spam, <laughs> I'm not a spammer, I'm not into the spam life. What you're going in and doing is actually offering incredible value that generates conversations where then you can offer the opportunity to have these free calls. And what's great is that they are truly free calls. There's no pitch at the end. Yeah. Admittedly, you're making an offer to them, like to your, what you were saying, weeks or months later, but it's it's not like you're saying at the end of it, well, you can work with me additionally for, you know, like that's not happening. So it's not the same kind of spamminess that we do see in Facebook groups when people are trying to just get you into their services. It is truly a market research call where they're getting that value from you. Love it. And it's that simple, right? It's like, hey, here's what I do or you answer a question, you know, uh, answer the question what it is hey by the way you know if you want more help jump on a zoom with me i won't try and sell you something i won't try and pitch at the end i just genuinely want to help and hey if i get some info great you know it's it, it takes out a lot of the the spamminess and the you know the sales side so i, I love that there absolutely so, and i just wanted to say too i saw your email right before we got on this call okay. where you did that following my strategy <laughs> and that's the thing too i mean obviously some people don't have any audience but some yeah. people because the thing is i recommend pre-selling your course, no matter what stage of business you're in. Mm. If you have five courses that are million dollar courses, I still recommend that you pre-sell the sixth. Like that's because it's always going to produce a bit of result. So I really appreciated getting your email. I was like, hang on, I know this woman. (laughs) (laughs) So what Madison's referring to, if if you're not on my email list, I sent out an email today, which is essentially, hey, you know, I'm so excited. I'm interviewing the biggest name in the the online course space, uh, Madison. And hey, this is actually her system. And look, I'm going to do that system now. So I want to put a new course together, reply and we'll have a chat, yada, yada, yada. So that's how much I I love this system. I I heard it yesterday i implemented it today so uh if you're listening make sure to do it now let's um pivot a little bit here because here's the cool thing here i feel even if you just did that that's going to get you off to a better start even if you just said right you know what i'm not just going to create a course out of the blue i'm going to go and interview you know 10 20 30 100 people whatever it may be great you know i've got all these things down here now i'm going to put my course together you could do it like that and your course would sell way better than if you didn't. But I believe you've even got a different system here, Madison. I believe it's even like, no, no, hold on. You know, you've got this info. That's great. But don't put your course together yet. Actually sell it first. Now, before we get into the, the how to do that, why do you think that's important, Madison? Why do you think it's important to sell it first before you make it? Well, I mean, to exactly what you said, you absolutely could after you've done that, because basically what you're doing through that research is validation. But what I think is the purest form of validation is actually having people hand over their credit cards. Like that's them saying, I 100% want what you're offering. And And so I'll just jump in a sec there that you, I heard you mention that quote on the presentation and that's when you sold me. I'm like, I love it. (laughs) I'm like, uh, at that point there, I'm like, she's right. You know, there's all these theories out there. Here's how you validate it. Is there already a course out there? Is there, and that stuff's important. I'm not, not poo-pooing that stuff there, but you can have all that stuff and it doesn't sell. All right. Whereas with Madison's system, that person hands over money you know it's off to the races and you can you can go with it. So sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to exaggerate that point. I appreciate that. And and that's the thing is I think we sometimes can get caught up in, oh yeah, but I checked all the Facebook groups and I've listened to all these podcasts and I've been working with clients and I just know, this is what I hear a lot. I just know that my, my students want this. But do you really know? Like until they hand over their cold, hard earned cash, 
you, you actually just don't really know no matter how confident you may be. And it may still, you might get a good result, but you're not guaranteed. And so that's part of the reason for pre-selling. But I actually see that there are a lot of benefits, not only to you as the course creator, but actually to the students. So if we talk from the course creator perspective, you obviously get the course paid for, which means that, and I see this a lot with people who've been transitioning from client work to coursework. It's a bit nerve wracking to try and carve out time to build something that you'll have no guarantee is going to sell when you already maybe have a really packed schedule, which often means you either need to give up a client and it's a risk or you end up working overtime and burning out. And so this, by getting paid, that means that you can confidently let go of a client or confidently bring on, um, you know, someone to help, like pay for assistance. And you don't have that fear factor or that gamble factor. Um, the other thing is that obviously, as we mentioned, it's actually going to, it's, it's going to test, but it's also going to give you a lot of feedback on the marketing you do for your course. And what's great is that actually means that when you come to relaunch your course the second, third, fourth time, you've got data that helps you to know what worked, what didn't work, and you actually start to build your own roadmap for how you're going to continue to sell this course in the future. Because I think another thing people get a bit tied up with is that I'm going to build this course and I'm going to sell it and I'm done. And yet course ownership and, and being a course-based business actually means, it doesn't mean you have to be on a launch schedule, but there is a constant iteration and review and improvement that goes on with your marketing as well as the course content itself that I think a lot of course creators aren't necessarily prepared for uh, ahead of time. So that means all of that stuff is tested. When we look at the student aspect, students, as I mentioned, I often suggest that you're selling a beta live experience is what I call it, which means that you're going to deliver the content of the course live to the, to the handful of students that you bring in. And I know we're kind of leaning a little bit into the how-to here, but it kind That's of fine, no, yeah, yeah, fits in. Yep. Please do. I so, think it fits in perfectly here. Yeah, exactly. So what I suggest is in this initial launch, this pre, this pre-sale, you're only going to accept as many students in as you can comfortably hold space for in a live setting. And it normally looks like between say 10 and 20 students. You're going to offer the price, offer the course at half the price you normally would of when it's like properly set up and everything. So it's a great deal for your students, but you're also going to deliver the content live to those students in a schedule that suits them, suits your business or suits the content. And that means at, every, at the end of every lesson, you can offer Q&A, which gives you so much valuable feedback that actually allows you to validate every single lesson as well as it gives the students the ability to ask questions so that they can start to apply what they're learning to their unique life situation or business situation. And that, that's basically, well, it's not, it's not exactly like it, but it's kind of like working with you one-on-one -on -one where when you have to work self-study, you have to do all of that translating concept into your own life yourself, but they are going to get that extra hand holding. Uh, which is so exciting. And so one other thing I just wanted to quickly explain on the student experience side, part of that having Q&A and getting that feedback, we as business owners, as the experts in our space, 
we end up sitting in this space of unconscious competency. So we are actually so good at what we do and we've been doing it for so long that it's become second nature to us. Whereas a lot of our students, there's actually four stages of competency and they are in one of the first two, which is either they're unconsciously incompetent, which means they don't know what they don't know, or they're consciously incompetent, which means they've started to see just how much they don't know and it can be really overwhelming. And so we as course creators, sometimes when we're in that like second nature stage of competency, we can forget what it's like in those first couple of steps. And so that's what running a beta live experience helps to feel as well. Did we pitch the content to where our students are at or do we need to kind of like rein it back a little bit and add a few more preliminary steps to help them understand? Yes. Love it. Okay, cool. Let me summarize that. Let me think of the best place to start here. <laughs> I all did right. talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was good. That's good. So, okay, cool. So now we've done all our research, right? And we know exactly what we, what this, what the transformation is going to be. We've probably got our lesson outline because we've asked what sort of things they want cover, covered. We know what price it's going to sell for. Instead of going out and creating that course now and then spending months creating the course and then um, selling it and maybe making some sales, essentially what we're doing is selling it before we've made it. So now we're going to reach out to those same people who we've already interviewed and you may even have a list or more people at, at this stage there as well. And you're going to reach out and you're essentially going to sell the program there. It's not quite an online course yet because it's not something that they buy and they log in and they go through it. Essentially what you're doing is selling them into this beta program, which we'll, we'll talk about in a sec. Now, I think even that point there is, is so important. Because one of two things is going to happen, right? You do all that stuff and then you, you put it out there and you're either going to make some sales, which is great. You've now made some money. You know it's validated. You get to the coursework and happy days. Another thing could happen, which is that you don't make any sales, which is still going to suck, but it doesn't suck as much as if you spent months doing that course and didn't make any sales. Because now you're like, okay, hey, I put it out there and I didn't make any sales. Great. I've saved myself months of putting together this course that wouldn't have sold anyway. Let me go back to the drawing board and let me get some other things together and let me change some things around. Maybe do some feedback, you know, maybe ask some people why they didn't buy. So even that is a better thing there. Even if you do this system and you don't make any sales, hey, it's better than spending months putting the course together and not making any sales. So I think that's an important note there. Now, just, just to add to that point, John, I just wanted to say that any launch, no matter what the result is, always gives you data. It mm. always gives you information. And just to, exactly to your point, that if, it, if it's a total flop, that's great feedback. It is great that you've pre-sold because then you didn't waste that time. But now it's about reviewing. And I, this is something else a lot of people who launch don't do enough, to, take enough time to do is actually review what went well and what didn't go well. And even if you flopped, I promise you there were still things that went well and you need to balance it for your own sanity and mindset. Um, but definitely go back and look at the data because it's not all a waste. It doesn't mean you have to scrap your entire idea, but it just means that you need to rework it and have another go. Yes. Love that. And that, that really speaks to me because my background is in the fitness industry. I used to be a, a boot camp instructor. And um, when I started off, I used to suck at, at running boot camps, right? You know, no one would enjoy them. It was boring, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I, I kept at it. I was like, well, what can I do to make it more fun? Great, I'll do this. What can I do to make it better? And then eventually I got really, really good at running boot camps. But every now and then I would still run a bad session. But I was able to sit back and be like, hold on, why did that session suck? 
okay, because of this, this, you know what, I'm going to run that exact same session again in a couple of weeks time, but make these little tweaks and let's see what happens. And that's what I actually really enjoyed. And that's, I think a skill set there is if you do something and you suck at it, that's fine. But hey, you know, the, the skill set is great. It didn't work. Why didn't it work? What can I do it again to make it better? And actually, we we're speaking about quotes at the start. My favorite quote is I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I think that mm. speaks perfectly to, to that space there. So I think that's important. Now let's talk about the, the beta side of things, the beta live launch. Now, many different advantages here. Let's, let's be selfish and let's start with the, the course creator side of things. We'll get to the student in a sec, but um, you know, most people listening to this are course creators, so we'll be selfish and, and give them what, what they want. Um, okay, so the, the, the biggest thing I see there as well is, um, how can I put it? It's time because you're giving yourself a deadline, but it's still a, a nice deadline. It's not like you're saying, I need to create this eight-week course this weekend and I need to rush and do it all then. Um, but you're also got some sort of urgency on you. You're not saying, ah, I'll do it when I get around to it. You've sold a couple. Now you actually have to do the work because you, you've sold it. So it gives you that deadline. But hey, I just need to put together a module a week or an hour a week or a couple of hours a week or whatever it may be, which is a lot um, nicer way to do it. So I think that's an in, important part there because... If you're an expert at what you do and you've got this course and you've got ideas all over the place and you look at it and it's going to take you forever, you're never going to do it or you're going to do it in years, you know? Whereas if it's like, okay, all I got to do is a couple hours a week for eight weeks. You know what? I think I can do that. So I think that part there is important. And yeah, just the, the week by week validation because same sort of thing. You, you've, you, even if you go and you do all your research and you, you put this course together and you think it's perfect and you put it out there and it still could be good, but you get some feedback, which is like, oh, it would have been really good if there was this in that and this in that and this in that. And if you did this like this and this, and then you've got to change half the course and you're like, oh man, this is now going to be an effort. Whereas if you do it like that, you do your first week, hey, here it is. This is what we're going to cover next week. Anyone got any questions? Oh man, I didn't cover any of these. I should have covered these questions in week one or, oh, you know what? I wasn't going to cover these in week two. Thank God these people asked me these questions here so I can mention it in there. So I think it's a, a, a better way. You know, it's almost like, I feel like the, the thought you might have at the start where it's like, hold on, I'm selling someone a course before I've made it. I feel like I'm almost, you know, ripping them off or selling them air. But I think you're actually giving them a better, and you agree as well, you're giving them a better experience and not even just them. You're giving future people a better experience. By doing it like this, you're giving future people a better experience because you've validated each module and you already know what, the future people that go through it are going to be like, how does this person know the answer to every single question I was going to ask? Well, hey, they know it because they've had 10, 20 people ask them these questions as they were going through it. So I think that's um, that's very important there. And then I guess... Just, the, can I just add uh, to that point too, yeah, John? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I good. just wanted to add too that I, I have experienced when I've launched a course without pre-selling it as well, that even if you're successful enough to make sales, if people are not having a good experience... Mm they often will just go quiet. They're not necessarily forthcoming with that mm. feedback. So to that exact point, when you have a beta round of people who have entered into this relationship knowing that their expectation on them is you're going to get it at half price, you're going to get all this feedback, but I also want you to give me feedback. They, mm. They've entered into that relationship knowing that's the expectation on them. 
which means they're far more likely to give feedback because they don't feel bad about hurting your feelings. They're, they're there to help you make it the best course possible. So I just wanted to add to that point because I think that, that what you said is so yes. important. Yes, no, love it. And, and it's funny, you know, because all this relates back to fitness as well, right? When you're, you're teaching a class in the gym, you can run the worst class ever. Very rarely is someone going to walk up to you after the class and be like, that class sucked, you know, like it's going to take a, a certain type of person to say that, right? So the only way you can really get feedback is to make sure that you're asking it, you know, hey, what did you think? Anything I can do to make it better? So yes, love that point there. Uh, I'd probably say that would be the, the major benefits from the course creator side of things. Anything we should add there, Madison, or would you say they're the, the top things in advantages of a course creator selling it before they, they launch it from that side of things? Yeah, that's definitely the benefits. I just wanted to add on more of the practical side of how yeah, yeah. running that experience because you did lay it out and I think it offers a few op like different options you can take. So firstly, mm. duration-wise, it's all dependent on the type of course. So mm. some people might find it best to deliver all of their content in kind of like a weekend boot camp where it's like mm. they're going to talk everything through, we're going to take serious action and maybe your course content in the audience that you serve suits that model other people might need to drip the content out over a period of weeks maybe months depending on what kind of course you're delivering um, so it needs to be determined by that the other thing is in the way you deliver the content i suggest because to your point it does give you that accountability right it gives you that deadline but I also suggest make it easy on yourself. So I'm still not suggesting at this early stage to be creating slides or handouts oh, okay. because you want your audience to tell you what they want mm. in that respect. And also because you, as you were saying, you might do your first week and go, gosh, I need to add so many things in. It's not even worth creating slides. So I suggest like you and I are right now, just on Zoom, we just present person to person and get the opportunity for people to ask questions at the end. It can be that simple. And in fact, I've bought a seven and a half thousand dollar program that all of the lessons were that way. Because again, it needs to, we need to shift our mindset from thinking it's, it's about features that we're buying. It's about transformation. I knew that that big program was gonna deliver me transformation in the way I wanted. I didn't care that the person was delivering on, on camera. So yeah, I just wanted to add that those are a couple of ways that you can kind of actually do the delivery love that such good ideas there let's summarize both of those again it doesn't i was making out like it's got to be an hour a week for eight weeks or whatever hey maybe better it's this weekend here let's go and knock it out in, in this weekend here or, or two days or, yeah it's two it's a two-week thing it's saturday yeah. this week nine to five and saturday next week nine to five and then you video it and and you've got it there so i love that and then, yeah, the slide's such a big one for, for two different reasons. Going back to that transformation again, it's just such a good mindset shift where it's like, it doesn't matter how, no one's signing up because you've got good bullet points, you know, or because you've got, um, you know, fancy headings on PowerPoint or whatever you use. If you can get that transformation, it doesn't freaking matter. And then, yeah, the core side of things as well, I think that will just, it goes back to your effortless side of things, right? Why put in more effort than you have to? Now I've got to create this PowerPoint and get these photos and put all this work in here, whereas opposed to, hey, I'm just going to jump on Zoom and see what happens. Obviously, you've got a bit of a plan in mind, but you know, it just it, it cuts out 75% of the stress. So I, I love that there. Now let's go to the flip side of it. Now let's look at it from the student side of things. So what would you say, Madison? What are the major reasons why it's better for a student to learn this way? 
So, yeah, as I said, definitely that Q&A is the most mm. important thing, um, especially because it's going to answer their questions. It's going to apply it to their, you know, business or their life or their body, whatever it is, the course that you're teaching. Uh, it also gives, unlike where a lot of courses, because I'm not actually a big supporter or I don't really suggest that a lot of course creators offer courses in a drip model beyond the mm. beta experience yeah. because I think that, it disallows people who are yeah. quick action takers or binges. We're bin like we're in a binge society right now. We've got Netflix, we've got everybody's streaming service. People enjoy binging content. And so when we force them to drip it, we can actually run a very high risk of losing people. Yeah. And so even though that is a bit different in the beta, because obviously they're turning up, but it kind of has a different incentive because especially if you're running them as a live call, I think many business owners would know how much more accountability we as students, when we've purchased into someone else's program, we will turn up to live calls when we've paid for them. So it's a different level of accountability, which means where they're more likely to actually be transformed because they actually turn up. They don't buy this course. How many courses? I mean, if we were in a room, I'd be like, hands up. How many courses have we bought that sit on our shelf in our digital shelf and gather digital dust because, you know, either we purchased it on a whim or it was too expensive. And so we feel like um, buyer's remorse. And so we try to pretend it doesn't exist. Like there's all these reasons when you go through the beta, they're actually going to take action. So I think it's just a total win-win for course creators and students. Yes. Love that as well. And it's, um, yeah, I'm going to bring it back to the fitness regime as well, right? You sign up for when I used to run bootcamp. Great. Hey, it's bootcamp five days a week. And you also get this online program as well. No one even logged into the online, <laughs> <laughs> right? If you've got that face to face, you, you do it. So it adds that extra level of accountability. So yes, love that system there. And I think that ties it up pretty well there, Madison, anything you want to add? Oh no, one more point I want to get across here and then I've got some sort of closing questions for you. Someone's uh, watching this and they're like, you know what? I like this system, Madison, but I want to go big and hard. I, you know, I want to go more than just my, my general sort of audience. I'm going to put some dollars on Facebook ads as well. What are your thoughts there? I would say, please don't <laughs> because there's a few reasons. So as we've mentioned, when part of the reason I suggest pre-selling is because you're testing your marketing, you're mm -hmm. testing your, your value proposition, your sales proposition. And there's a, there's a lot of pieces that you're testing there. There's already a lot of opportunity to not really know what went well and what didn't. Like you have to be pretty, pretty lean. This is part of the reason I say choose one social media platform because you've got too many. How are you to know what worked and what didn't? When you add ads on top of testing the marketing, testing, you know, uh, and any pieces to do with like the selling of it, it just adds so much, well, firstly, complexity, it adds cost where it's, where it's unnecessary to add cost because with the way I teach my students, they can pre-sell a course for literally zero dollars. Mm. Like there's time investment, sure, yep. but you can have a very simple online presence. You don't need to have complicated sales pages. You could have like, I am, I love Thinkific as a platform. You, their free plan could 100% get you set up. So you don't need to invest any money. And then all of a sudden you're adding Facebook ads. Now, part of the challenge with Facebook ads as well, I used to run Facebook ads as a Facebook ads manager in the past. And 
I would say to any client, the minimum, and I mean bare minimum, to really test that an ad set is working is $1,000. You need to give it time to run. You need to give the Facebook algorithm a chance to understand your audience. So if you've already invested that much on something you don't know is going to sell, with ad copy, with ad creative, with targeting that you don't know is going to work, there's just too many variables. And so you end up with no money because you've spent it all on ads. You end up with no students and you also end up with all of this data, but you're not sure what didn't work. And it could be a lot of it. It could have been one piece of it. It could have just been not knowing your transformation. It's too risky. And so the thing is, I'm not a hater of Facebook ads. I just think that Facebook ads shouldn't be the strategy. They should be a strategy you add to your larger strategy down the track when the marketing is sorted, then you can focus on them separately. Yes. It's that extra fuel on the fire, right? Because if you don't yes. have that trans, if you haven't done that research and you don't know that transformation, you don't know that price point, you don't know if it's going to sell, then it's a gamble, you know, and throw that yeah. thousand bucks on and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Then you got to change it again and change it again. Whereas if you know all this stuff works, great, that's working. Now I know that I've got a regular system that if I get this type of people and I speak to whatever, 10 of them, one of them is going to sign up and this is it. Okay. Then you can start fiddling around with Facebook ads. So yes. Well, that. and just to add to that finally too, is as part of what I used to do with Facebook ads management for people, if you intend on running ads to help sell your course, you're likely only going to be selling, uh, you're likely only going to run ads trying to sell the course, like the mm. final close ads. When a really well-structured and robust Facebook ads kind of strategy requires you to have ads that don't lead to sales and don't even lead to opt-ins. Like you need to be warming audiences up, which is why $1,000 is the minimum. And so if you're intending just to run ads to a paid product to cold audience, it's just, it's such a bad idea. Please don't do it. <laughs> Yes, agree. Now, Madison, there's a few questions I always like to finish up with. I think you just nailed one then. Since it's a online course creators podcast, I always ask, what's your platform of choice? I think you leaked it there, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's your platform of choice? It's 100% Thinkific. I'm a little bit biased. My husband works there. <laughs> but uh, I also just, I've spent a lot of time working in them before he did. And right now, I think they're the best free option. And given the climate we're in, where a lot of people are losing jobs and moving to online, you know, online businesses, it's just a great option to get going without investing any money. Yes, 100%. Yes, I think FreeWise is definitely a good one there. Now, Madison, you're obviously a mentor to many course creators out there. I've got a question to, for you in regards to mentors. Who's been, I'm going to ask it a few different ways. So I'll ask the question and you give me a few different answers, sorry. If you had to list your biggest mentor or your, your few biggest mentors, and then also not even necessarily a direct one, whether it's some podcasts you listen to or your, your couple favorite books, what can you tell us there? So mentors, podcasts, books. Great question. Uh, so mentors wise, it's a bit of an odd one because it's not very much course online course based, but Lexi D'Angelo has been um, a mindset coach of mine for a couple of years now. And a lot of how she's taught how to show up in business and the example she sets really inspires me and, and inspires the effortless, not effort none philosophy. 
However, the effortless, not effort none um, catchphrase, I suppose you could say, came from a book uh, written by uh, Denise Duffield-Thomas, who wrote a book called Chillpreneur. It's a fantastic oh, book yes. talking about, yeah, how to run business um, it, without the hustle, basically. She calls herself a chustler, a chilled hustler, <laughs> which I really appreciate. Uh, I also see her as a great mentor and uh, from the money mindset perspective, because you know, we can talk about strategy for days, but I think when it comes to online course ownership and I say ownership, not creation, because creation has to stop. Like it has to have an end so that you become a course owner. Um, I, it comes down to mindset. The reason why you don't transition to, to owner when you're trying to perfectionize, when you're trying to, you know, um, do too many things, that's what holds you back. So I think I don't really listen to podcasts anymore, so I can't. I don't have any podcast yeah, suggestions, please. but they're definitely my two for now. Awesome, cool. So, hey, Madison, I believe you've got a really cool giveaway for my listeners. I sure do. You, so, you... I can tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a free download. It's a thirty-six Instagram story launch prompts Ooh. to help you launch your online course, but it could also work for a digital product or even a service. And basically it's broken down into several different steps or stages of launch that will help you just get an idea. What should you post to your Instagram stories? Because I love Instagram. It's my uh, social media platform of choice and stories are such a fantastic way to connect on a personal level, uh, on a human level yeah. with your followers. So um, yeah, you can grab that at madisonmanatonga.com forward slash online course podcast. I'm sure um, Jono will have the link in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, I'd love you to grab it. And please tag Jono and myself when you use it because we would love to see how you're putting these things into action. Yes. And you answered my next question. It's like you're reading my mind here. I was going to be like, <laughs> someone's listening to this and they're like, you know what? I've got to, got to hear more of Madison. I've got to get a bit of her in my daily life. Um, I always ask your social media platform of choice. I think you leaked it again there. It's, it's Instagram. If we want to follow you on Instagram, Madison, what's your handle? It's just uh, my name, which is a bit convoluted, but it's at Madison Matatunga. So you might need to go to I'll the show, show notes. notes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but please come and hang out. I love chatting on stories and you'll get a lot of uh, toddler spam, my little two-year-old. So <laughs> if you're down for that, come and hang out with me. Awesome. Well, hey, Madison, that's all I wanted to get through today. Just before I leave you to it, is there anything you wanted to leave us off with or is there anything I, I should have asked you that, that I forgot to? I, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. I'm really appreciative of you having this podcast. And I just, I suppose, want to end by really encouraging course dreamers to move out of being course creators into being course owners. Because if you have a course-based business that's really built on a solid foundation, you're building a true life of freedom uh, that's ultimately effortless and not effort none. Yes. And if you want to do that, you've got the link to Madison's website in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you, Madison. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.